They say that in the justice system, the people are represented by two separate but equally important groups. But we prefer to let the people represent themselves. Which is why we reserved a room at this year's Brick Open Festival, set up a microphone, and invited the community to do just that. Over the course of a long weekend in April, people from all walks of life stepped up to talk about how justice shows up in their lives, in their communities, around the world, and in Brooklyn, USA. These are their stories. Um, my name is PJ, short for Philip James. I am an actor, writer, producer, and I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. Brownsville, never ran, never will. Bed-Stuy, do or die. Yeah, Flatbush, Utica, Utica. That is me. Stop laughing, this is where I'm from. You're laughing at where I'm from, sir. Okay. Uh, so if you guys can please introduce yourselves. Hey, so my name is Grace. Um, I'm 23. I'm from Brooklyn, Flatbush. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, my name is Ariana. I'm 16. I'm from the Bronx. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the Bronx. Said, mm. Quiet. Stop. <laughs> We got a little bit of a rivalry with you. 100%, but it's fine. We're trying to learn about justice today. Let's focus on that. Oh, okay. Let's talk about That should be a podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk, Let's sure talk about it. Look, she's trying to make her you own. You guys better not. So, let me write this on my notes. When it comes to justice, I believe it's more of having equal rights. Everyone having like that equal balance in a sense. But we all know that's not the case. But let me not take it off of you. Go ahead. All right. My name is Gail Anderson. I am a transplant from California. It's, I guess it's something that I haven't seen a lot of. And so it's hard to like ascertain what exactly it is. But when I think of justice, it just means finding a place of fairness that doesn't make any parties feel like they're at a loss. Number one, I'm a Libra. So Libras of the whole astrological sign, we are the symbol of justice. We are the scale. We are the judge. Kind of, sort of, but not to judge, just what's fair. It's kind of sense of equality here. Justice to me means equality. It means fairness. Equality. Equality, equity, uh, fairness, um, righteousness. To be fair and to like be equal, be righteous. Personal rights and the rights of your friends, the rights of your family. I think that it's like a universal theme that we all struggle with. Not what's right or what's wrong, but just what's fair. Yeah, I love this question, and I love it because it's such an easy question to interrogate. My name is BJ Evans. I've lived in Brooklyn for 10 years, um, so I'm officially a resident, I think, for, of New York. I think that's the rule. If you look at the actual definition of justice, it's almost like it defines itself, and there's no real definition of it. It's like the actual definition is just behavior or treatment, the quality of being fair and reasonable. What is fair and what is reasonable? How do humans define that? And like the good humans, the ones with the best ideas have to be the loudest. Have you ever experienced um, injustice? Something that wasn't fair to you? Not really personally, just like an observer of the environment of like my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mark. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm from Poland, uh, Europe. We're just traveling across states right now. You can observe that, like in Poland, for example, that people that have lots of money, that they, that they feel like a 
better people. Maybe not all of them, but they feel like they can do more than, than the others, for example. Or they can buy some stuff that actually should not be bought. Personally, I don't have like injustice in my life, not yet. So I'm Benjamin, I'm 20, 21 years old. I work here for Fashion Week Brooklyn. Okay, I'm Remy, so we are from France. <laughs> and uh, I'm a student here, in, I'm a sound engineering study here in New York. And um, this is my last year of study here in New York. The main problem in France uh, now, you know about justice, about everything, it's uh, the equality. The, the actual president uh, gets richer the rich people. And uh, mm. the poor, the, the the poor, the poor people in France are getting poor, poor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why there is, there is some strikes so, and yeah. everything like this. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I don't know. I I usually mostly hear about it. I don't really have experienced it through. I mean, it's kind of weird coming from like what raised in Brooklyn and like now to Queens. Like Queens right now, my neighborhood is like very peaceful. Like there's nothing on it. Like, Clever Alvarado, and I was born in Ecuador, but I was brought here in New York and been here ever since. Raised in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and then I live in Queens. Like, it's weird, but like, I'm um, junior high school in Brooklyn, and that area was like kind of like a gang violence, or like you had to get into a fight to get a joint gang. That was like almost every day. I'm like, wow, this is unnecessary. And it was mm. a lot of, let's say, injustice because they pick on like the weakest, or like they pick on like boy or girl that wanted to, you know, be tough, you know, have that that, oh, this person is tough, watch out for this person, and I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> just like, this is my group, we're gonna go play Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like, just chill. <laughs> but, or like, play handball, and it was like, much for fun, so I just stay away from it. My name is Patrick Dorr. If you're a conscious black man in this society, uh, unless you've been living in an absolute bubble, uh, you, can, you can name almost on a daily basis instances of uh, injustice. Being overlooked often because of my ethnic background, because of the color of my skin, whether it had been for um, leadership uh, in different organizations that I'm a part of. I'm from California, as I said, and you know, I grew up in a predominantly like white area. And you wanna, you know, part of you wants to believe like everything's it's all kumbaya and life is perfect, but that's not the case, you know? And I remember in college, looking around for jobs and then going into a beauty shop and the lady going, you know, yeah, I don't, I, I, we ran out of applications. And my naivete, I was like, okay, well that, you know, that makes sense. Okay, that's fine. And I left, but something in my, in my spirit told me, you know, think about it. Um, um, I don't try, trust it rather. And I had a friend walk in who was white and sure enough, she went back in and the lady gave her an application. I was so naive and my heart was so heartbroken, you know, because I don't want to think people are like that. And you want to think that people are good and, and kind. And it's, sometimes it feels small, but to the person it's happening to, it feels like their whole world is kind of shaken. And that definitely happened for me. Yeah, I mean, we witness small things constantly. It, it is um, constant work to, to be fair, you know, and encourage others to be fair. Mm -hmm. After you. I'm Sarah Russin, and I live in Los Angeles, and I'm um, out here visiting my daughter who lives in Brooklyn. Um, I live in Brooklyn, <laughs> uh, and I'm from L.A. originally. You could probably guess that. <laughs> well, um, I feel like uh, I live in a, a fairly privileged um, uh, world. 
of, uh, of being raised in a mostly white community. But the, the issue of gender is something that we, we again, we're, we're becoming more and more aware of, uh, the representations not being there. I work in music, or I try to, I play in bands, and there's sort of a type of injustice that is just part of the fabric of being a part of something that's already established, like why are there no women on this bill? Whose work is being valued and who is getting paid more? What I think about is a death by a thousand cuts. I was at a theater and as I was leaving, I overheard an individual talking to someone who obviously worked at the theater and I could tell that they were arguing about where a wheelchair could go. I went mini golfing. I was with my family and so like, there was like this white couple in back of me and so, like, they got really mad that I was taking a long time, I guess, like, with the golf, the club, or whatever it's called. My mom owns a brownstone in, in Bed-Stuy. She's owned it since 1985. There have been fraudulent companies that have uh, come around recently to try to steal it. The person who worked at the venue was like, I just don't have a place to put it. Sorry, there's nowhere for it to go. Uh, and that's been going on a lot now. I found out that it's, a, it's an epidemic in traditionally African-American communities where the properties are being stolen. They took their anger out on my father and they started yelling out like racial slurs, which mm-hmm. like my parents couldn't really clap back because it's like they don't speak English, although they knew what was being said to them, but they can't really take action on it because they're scared. Like overhearing that, I was like, wow, really? There's not a place to put, seriously, you can't? And like, that is a failure of our system. Our system has failed. Even though they were obviously in the wrong that they shouldn't have done that, my parents thought, you know, what are we going to do about it? And that's very sad to me because it's like, it shouldn't be that way. You know, when my friends tell me about their own experiences of injustice, uh, it all blends together for me. You know, I almost can't even see it because it's it's what makes up everything around us. Um, it's so hard to peel it back. Every time I think I've I've found something, I'm like, oh, that's like a specific example. I peel it back, and then you just keep peeling and peeling and peeling and peeling, and suddenly you've like really upset yourself, <laughs> uh, and then you just want to like put it back. Uh, and I mean, that's that's the work. We all witness it on the news. Um, That is one thing. I feel like people just want to put the blind eye and want to be like, oh, this isn't happening or not. Yeah, because it's not happening to you. Whereas I go to school upstate, um, upstate New York. It's okay. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I was going to drag, but I'm not. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be. Um, but I go to school upstate, um, and the town where I go to school at is like really, really, really racist. My name is Polly, uh, from the Bronx. Um, I skate, like I grew up skateboarding. My name is Brock Diamond. I'm an uh, entertainer and entrepreneur. Um, this was like around like at nighttime. I'm walking to like the gym or whatever with my friends. One day, me and my friends were skating around our neighborhood before we went down to the city. I was at work. I come home. There was a Facebook message that, you know, everybody's indoors, I wound up getting shot. So anyway, fast forward, I'm in the hospital. Now, the police come. And then UP, what we call university police, like, they saw me walking, they were far from me, but they, like, they sped up as if they were trying to hit me. So we were skating behind us, like, building a little spot, like, I grew up skating, and 
like a police car just like swerved into the spot and was like, hey, what are you guys doing here? You know, and I'm just like, oh, we're just like skating, you know, so just like kind of like chuckling it off. Cause I was like, oh, you guys came around the corner pretty hard, like, you know? Like they start interrogating me, like as if I knew who did it, I had something to do with it. They almost had me feeling like, as if they didn't believe my story. They're like, are you sure? You guys having weed on you? I was like, nah, man, like, you know, we're just, you know, skating, we're about to like dip in a few and all that. And they're like, all right, well, yeah, like this is like, you know, trespassing. I was like, I don't think that's right, but all right, we'll gladly leave. It was like, no problem, you know? And then they were just out and it was just like, why like be so like hostile like that, you know? No, it's crazy upstate because you can make your statements and they wouldn't even follow up with you. The staff, even at the hospital, were like, you know, they see the tattoos all over me, you know, they're like, oh, he's a thug. This is what he get out of here. Like, not at all. Like, I work for work with the organization called New Jersey Red Umbrella Alliance. And so what we do is, like, you know, you may see people out in the streets. You know, they may be homeless. They may be, you know, uh, tricks or whatever, as some people call them. You know, these people still need services like health care and mental health and, you know, even condoms, stuff, stuff like that. So, you know, we just reach out to those people and try to help them as much as we can. I feel like a lot of, like, young kids, are just out just causing a ruckus, you know, it's being like loud and obnoxious and all types of stuff. And then it just creates like a high tension on police officers. And now, you know, I don't feel safe sometimes when I see a police officer, like, you know. By the color of my skin, sometimes it's hard to live in a community or you don't feel like it's justice or you don't feel like there's peace. I do have friends, you know, detectives, police officers, they're good. And um, I speak well of them all the time, but there's not much. When people first think of justice, they automatically think to like action, like you know, more like a police work or like a like something you'd see in movies. Justice is making sure that people that have been wronged have a chance to have redemption. But to me, justice is more like a like anything that you do to right a wrong. I'm Javon Johnson. I go to City Tech right down the block. Uh, I'm in my second year. All right. Um, my name's Phelan Johnson. I work for New York City Transit. Um, I'm a superintendent. Um, just trying to guide my kids to where they need to be, you know, to be successful in life. I got two two boys, Javon and Brandon, and I got a wife, Lori, and that's it. Just trying to live life. Good afternoon. My name is Cynthia Jones, and I'm a writer, native Brooklynite, and. Um, Justice means to me um, really doing right by the people who are caught up in the criminal justice system. Um, we need a lot of reform. I would love to see uh, restitution being paid to those who have been wrongfully arrested, convicted, and incarcerated. I would love to see uh, reform policy go forward to prosecute and convict the judges, the public defenders, the attorneys, the sheriff's departments, the police departments who are arresting and wrongfully convicting people. That, that's what just would, would mean to me. I presently have uh, a loved one who has been wrongfully arrested, convicted, and is presently incarcerated. So that's why I feel so closely about those particular issues because I know how devastating it is to 
the individual who's going through it, and I know how devastating it is to each member of the family. What's one thing that you see happening in the world that makes you a little bit more hopeful for the future? That everyday citizens are really talking about it, even if they're not personally affected by it. They're really becoming more informed, more educated, more aware. Um, And it's only going to take a national grassroots movement to really move things forward. The more the average citizen who has not been impacted by uh, mass incarceration takes an interest and begins to want to affect change. So I think that, you know, more people are being enlightened. Like people are waking up, you know. We're in Aquarius now, you know, age of Aquarius. Everybody's waking up, so that's kind of good. We're in a very angry place right now, and I think what that anger is giving rise to is is people speaking up. This wave of women of color who are stepping up politically. There's more activists out there, more coalitions. People of color in general uh, being heard more is a point of hope. And then white allies. People think of justice, they think of law and order, they think of the judicial system sometimes. But I think now they're realizing that um, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so if you don't speak up, you don't get your two cents. You know, there's a lot of awareness that wasn't there before. Um, I mean, I'm really ashamed with how much I didn't know. Justice is everywhere, every day, you know, not in the law. It's also in the law, but it's uh, uh, everyday challenge. I don't know, something simple, barbecues, uh, block party, this, that, and third, you know, just something so that you're speaking to the people that are around you. You don't even notice that the people that are on your block can be the people that can help you out in a situation we got to come together as a community because we only got one life in this world. That's it. It's one. There's not all the time in the world, you know. A lot of these issues are so urgent. It's like the great hope. It's almost like Star Wars, man. It's like the new hope. Like, we have this chance to fight the Empire right now. And, you know, and warriors are stepping up. I see them. One thing, I think we definitely need to empower the youth uh, because, you know, most of these adults are kind of lost already, you know. And, it's, and that's cool. He wasn't going to save anybody, everybody anyway. We should be taught better. Like they say, like sometimes history repeats itself. I feel like history rhymes. And like I feel like <laughs> more that we get more informed, we could change it. We need to have more black history. Like why do we have black history for one month? What, what does our history consist of? I'm White actually people. I'm sorry, I'm like, not trying to be. No, 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 keep going because the ranting is amazing. They don't go in depth with how let's say slavery went, how brutal it was, and how and why we're here today. I go to school in the South Bronx. A majority of my school are either black or Hispanic. And so my history teacher, um, she does try to teach like the real history. I think having more teachers like that, that's showing us actual history and not history from textbooks. Because I think we're reusing textbooks from like the 80s that are like just showing us the same gentrified education. Like I didn't know that the first ever cowboys were actually Mexican. Schools spend a lot of money and effort on, okay, I got to learn basic math, basic this, basic. Yeah. But, but not really focusing on what makes you a human being. There's a disconnect from what you learn, let's say in a public school system or maybe even a private. I went to a private school and I didn't learn shit. And then what you would learn if you, you know, 
you actually spoke to scholars and activists. You have to get out of it in order to see it, like to look in, and then you're like, oh, what, what just happened? Yeah. The generations have changed, and the younger generation, they have questions. They, they, look, they look deeper than what just they're told. Do you remember when those young people intercepted Dianne Feinstein and asked her about um, the Green New Deal and about climate change and, and what she was doing? They did not let her get away with these easy answers. They were like, you know what? Things have to be done differently because you are giving us a planet that we don't know if it will be around for us and for our children. I am the oldest of 12. Um, and my youngest brother just came out maybe a couple of years ago, and he told me his story of his coming out story. And mine was violent, and his was a slow hand clap. And to the whole room. And him telling me that actually let me know that things are gonna get better for other people. That gave me hope that these young people who actually don't vote yet, and you know what, if I remember correctly, Diane Feinstein even said like, well, you're not even a voting age yet. And they're like, oh, but we will be. And you better like watch your seat. <laughs> it gave me such a, an idea of, instead of saying, well, why couldn't that happen to me? But that it doesn't have to happen to anyone else. That let me know that there's hope. So that's it. Yeah, well, thank you, PJ. Thank you, Greg, for having me. You didn't even say your name. Brooklyn USA is produced by Emily Bogosian and me, Sasha Mathias. Thank you to Keith Kaminsky and Liam Billingham for setting this project in motion, and to PJ Ryan for being comfortable behind the mic and vulnerable in front of it. And thanks to Greg Anderson Elise for asking the same four questions 23 different ways. And a very special thank you to Emily for taking three days worth of tape, cutting it into teeny tiny pieces, and collaging them back together so beautifully. And thanks again to Cynthia Jones, Brock Diamond, Clever Alvarado, Mauricio, Alexander, Patrick Dore, PJ, Mark, Grace, Ariana, Jess, Jonathan, Gail Anderson, BJ Evans, Benjamin, Remy, Darlene, Sarah Russin, Olivia, Javon Johnson, Phelan Johnson, Polly, Annie Yan, Deshaun, for answering our questions and asking their own. If you want to join the conversation, leave us a comment or tweet at Brick Radio. For more information on this and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. So it's original old-fashioned rolled oats with mixed nuts, chia seeds, and hemp seeds. Okay. So you don't add any sugar unless you absolutely have to. And then when you do add sugar, you don't add the processed sugar. Okay. So you're trying to keep your nutrients high, uh, and you're trying to um, not put any additives that uh, the cereal companies uh, put in their cereals. So this is much more natural, organic, and keeps your body system uh, activated. I'm definitely gonna play this back to myself and <laughs> capture all of that. Thank you.